Hey everyone! Welcome to another episode of Classic Gaming Brothers. I'm Zach. And I'm Seth. And we're the Classic Gaming Brothers. That's right. Yep. <laughs> still, still, still brothers and still classic. Still brothers and still classic. And also, keeping with what we did last time, we're we're still watching each other's faces while we while we record. Um, it's, so, which is unnerving. Yeah, it is. So if one of us starts laughing uncomfortably, it's just because one of us is being weird on the other end. <laughs> and uh, it's probably Zach. Anyway, um, I think we're just gonna jump right into our uh our our first segment which is uh what we've recently been playing so seth what have you recently been playing uh so recently i've been playing uh a game that you actually the sequel to a game that you were recently playing so i uh went back and i uh completed bioshock which was a a very big deal for me since it took me about 10 years to do so and have uh now I'm recently playing Bioshock 2. Oh, fun. Which is the sequel to Bioshock 1. And in this sequel, uh, you play as a big daddy. And as a big daddy, you have a drill arm and you get weapons. And it's interesting. It's a different... Um, the game plays a little differently than the first Bioshock. Mm. Yeah but adds mechanics that i actually like so i think it's actually kind of i i think it's cool i think that it's a it's a fun take on the story yeah and so far i've been enjoying it uh playing from the big daddy perspective and like being able to wield a weapon and a plasmid at the same time instead of having to swap out uh, the plasmid for the weapon, the weapon for the plasmid, uh, as you had to do in the uh, original Bioshock. Because as a big daddy, you're bigger, so you're you can wield a weapon and a plasmid in the same hand. So you're like shooting electricity, and then also then following it up with like your weapons. Yeah, and and for anyone who hasn't played Bioshock, big daddies are a class of villain in the first game. Um, so in the second game, you actually get to play as them. They're these big bulking villains that wear um like old-timey diving suits diving suits yep and they they have little girls that they have to protect and i just just didn't want people to think you're playing as a large father (laughs) in the game (laughs) i mean you you kind of are yeah i guess so it's interesting though that there are still other big daddies in bioshock 2 that are still uh an enemy that you have to fight so there's that and there's the Um, new villain the big sister right um yes yes yeah who's um, who's like like a faster uh, yes a a faster big daddy in a diving suit um but yeah so it's, it's been pretty fun i've enjoyed it um it's nice to be going back to rapture as well rapture's a very well developed uh city and uh i think it's got a lot of um lore to it i I like finding the audio diaries i think that's part of my like favorite part of the game is just trying to find all the audio diaries and listening to the stories that uh come from it yeah you get an achievement i think if you collect all of them right yes yep um i think actually something that didn't come up when we were talking about it the first time but i actually learned while playing through bioshock was that the and I this is not a Bioshock episode, but I just thought it was a fun thing to learn that they had no money when they were making Bioshock. And there is a part where you meet a character uh, named Tenabon, and she is a reused character model because they ran out of money. Yes. For the um for a new model. So they just have her in the shadow, but they have it's the same exact model as somebody else. Uh, another thing of those, um, Bioshock really benefited from very good voice actors. Oh, yeah, yeah. And with those voice actors, drew story into the game that allowed them to uh, really over... The voice acting kind of carried the limitations that they had for the graphics at the time. Uh, so I I also played the remastered version, so it looked good on my new system. But overall, I think Bioshock 2 is fun. I think we'll we'll probably one day visit Bioshock as its own thing. What have you been playing recently? Well, I have actually been playing a game that I talked about 
way back in one of our older episodes as one of the games in my buy weight pass and i said it was going to be a buy so i bought doom eternal which just came out not too long ago um it actually came out around the same time as our doom episode was released which um we might have timed perfectly for that (laughs) so uh so i've been i've been very much enjoying that it's it's a very very good sequel to the 2016 version of doom in my opinion as i've described it to a few of my friends it's it's pretty much everything that i think doom 2016 could have been if they if they thought of it and whatever they they left out in doom 2016 they shoved into this one and it makes it so much better um so there's more platforming elements um like right off the bat you have upgrades that you had you had to get in doom 2016 that made it easier to maneuver and right off the bat you're just given them from the beginning of the game so it just makes everything like double jump and stuff like that there's these like bars that you have to swing on to get to certain platforms Mm -hmm. um the, the super shotgun has a grappling hook on it now that can latch onto enemies so you can swing around on enemies. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, so they, they've added a whole bunch of different maneuverability elements to the game that I think definitely make it um, even more so like classic Doom in the sense that it's always fast-paced and it's always moving. Also, they, they kind of touched upon the, the storyline by making it a little less serious than the first one was. I mean, the first one, like Doom 2016 had its like funny moments and stuff like that but this one is definitely a little more tongue-in-cheek most of the time Mm -hmm. um where they they actually make direct references to things like um the the doom comic book from the from the 90s where like the doom guy is like oh rip and tear huge guts and like just a weird guy (laughs) um but they they make like direct references to that and they actually make a reference to doom guy's pet bunny that they reference in the the doom storyline in the classic doom, oh right um where yep. there's a there's a portrait of doom guy in his full armor holding the bunny and petting it um so they they, they, they throw in a couple of little cute references to the to the classic games that kind of lighten the mood um but it's it's definitely full of easter eggs a lot of collectibles um and uh i'm still actually collecting stuff so i'm not 100 with the game yet um but um there's definitely more to more to do is um now when did the doom movie come out that came out in like 2008 or 9 i think it came out after doom 3 doom Um, 3 yeah so the doom movie came out as kind of like it was kind of like i think they kind of were doing it in tangent with doom 3 because a lot of the like designs of like the weapons and stuff they carried over into the movie um i got you and i think a couple of the characters have the same or a couple of like the monsters and stuff had the same designs like the 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 pink demon has the like wheelchair uh wheels which it has in doom 3 right um has like robotic legs i think in doom 3 so um yeah it was, it was part of that and then is the what's the i remember when playing doom 2016 there was like the the story was there where you're like in the mars base and there's like a little like setup in regards to like talking to people and then the demons attack and all that well that's that... a, that's actually in doom 3 so in doom 2016 your guy just wakes up oh and and you start killing demons um oh, and okay. there's like there's like a voice that talks to you who's this uh, robot dude named samuel hayden oh i maybe i've not played doom 2016 i might have only played doom 3 yeah because doom 3 is like you walk around for a while and you talk to like scientists yeah, yeah. there's not a, none of that really in in this oh. one um there is like not to give away anything there is one moment where you can kind of where you see some npcs but you don't really interact with them it's kind of a a cinematic element where you're just walking through and it's everyone kind of like freaking out because here's doom guy like this big buff man duked out in weapons just like strolling through the base (laughs) like do 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 do, i'm on a mission (laughs) you know um but yeah it's it's a so far it's a good game i i if you if you have a computer that can handle it or a modern system like the ps4 the xbox one or the switch actually i i highly recommend picking it up um it's a fresh release so fresh fresh certified fresh right certified fresh from from zach's rotten tomato patch (laughs) (laughs) rotten tomato patch well uh doom is a good segue into our act our middle segment today which is going to be about uh, a, another first-person shooter. We've talked about a first-person shooter. We went real-time first-person shooter, real-time strat. Then we're going back to first-person shooter, I guess. So I guess next week we'll do a real-time strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Talk about StarCraft or something. <laughs> uh, 
So, uh, but this this week we're going to be talking about a, a game that was inspired by Doom. Uh, there was uh, there's a lot of Doom elements to it. Uh, it is probably one of the preeminent uh, video games of our of our age. Uh, I would I would even say probably one of the probably one of the founding games that uh, ever came from a cereal box. That's right. <laughs> and that game is Chex Quest. Chex Quest. Yeah. Chex Quest is a is a grand game uh, and uh, came out in 96. Yep. And had uh, it was it was very much branded for the General Mills brand of Chex cereal. Yeah. And and we both Zachary and I both play Chex Quest. I think I want to say that Zachary played Chex Quest before he played Doom. I did, yeah. I think I mentioned that in the episode, our Doom episode, is that uh, my first experience with anything related to Doom was Chex Quest. And my, I've I played Doom and I played Wolfenstein 3D prior to playing Chex Quest. Um, so Zach, what what are your uh, memories when it comes to uh, Chex Quest? Well, a lot of my memories of playing Chex Quest were. Uh, actually is a lot of memories similar to playing Warcraft because I was playing both games around the same age. Um, but um, I remember we played it, we had it on our 486 um, Packard Bell computer, um, um, which ran Windows 3.1. And I actually, I have a note that I think we ran it through DOS, but I think it actually did have an icon, I think, on our, um, so I think we yes, ran it through Windows. Windows um, 3.11. Yes. I don't actually remember getting checks quest so i don't it, it might be that like it came out in 96 so i was around three so i don't think i would have remembered but i remember the cd had the the checks warrior on it who's this looks like a checks serial piece with a face yep. pretty much like he has like blue arms and legs. it kind of looks like what would happen if like the check serial was armor and they they put a man inside of it um and he's right. zapping with what looks like a television remote at these like booger monsters and then i remember on the disc it said that comes with like 40 hours of america online <laughs> so. it's true it did it was a it was a, it was a great partnership between general mills and aol yes and uh they they did give uh the product away with uh some manner of hours of aol because at that point in time you, you would have to have an application to connect to the internet and you would have to have so many hours it, the internet was kind of like a like a, a motor it ran for only so long and then you you had to do something else with it but one thing i do remember with checks quest is and kind of reviewing it and replaying it to this day is that it is a lot shorter than I remember it being. I think I just spent a, either I was either real bad at it or I just spent way too long in the levels. Um, I remember the levels being a lot longer, but no, the whole game is only five levels long, and you could run through the whole game in less than twenty minutes if you really if you really pace yourself. <laughs> I mean, I think a speed run of the game is probably less than that. But uh. <laughs> yeah, I think part part of it is that the. I mean, time is a lot longer or feels a lot longer for um, children. I think uh, children, uh, a, you know, an hour or a day makes up so much more of your life as a child than it does as an adult. Yeah. So your perception of time is a little uh, distorted, especially when you're thinking back to your memories then. Then you think about that game. You're like, oh, that game went on forever. And then you boot it up and you're like... Oh, no, it doesn't. Like, <laughs> or due to our inability to play the game, um, the game might have gone on for a while. Um, I know, I remember the game taking a, a lot of time to, to play through it. Or we liked replaying it. We did. I think yeah, it, was, yeah. it was our only first-person shooter for quite some time. Yes. Um, yeah. And we weren't really allowed to get violent video games in the house. and Except for the Sega games that we had involving helicopters and terrorists yeah that was fine the golf war but the golf war those are that, historical that was, <laughs> those are fine but uh no 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 shooting no doom in the house i had to go to friend's house to play doom so my my memories of checks quests are i i remember getting check cereal for the purpose of getting the game checks quest um that was a thing that i i remember asking for and my parents or our parents um, being able to do such thing for me, which was 
nice. It kind of reminded me of uh, the Christmas story with the Ovaltine and the Ring Command. You know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Very similar type of feeling for me, except I actually got a product that was uh, was worthwhile. Yeah, it was actually um, you know it's enjoyable despite being an overblown commercial essentially, <laughs> but it's fun. Right, you know, right. um, we did um, we played it and we had it. It was uh, five levels. And it was a good a good piece. I I remember uh, a lot of the the certain levels in particular stick out more so in my mind than others. Um, especially, of course, the landing zone, which is the first level, and getting there. the The intro is great. There's like all these other serial people. You you you're essentially there something going on and they're at a like a serial convention <laughs> and all these serial pieces are gathered around of the world powers in space and the checks guy shows up and they're like who can do this and checks man walks in and he's just like i can do it and they're like all right <laughs> yeah here you go he, he doesn't offer and any credentials they're just like yeah. we need someone who could do this thing that we need done and he's like you yes. got it because <laughs> they're all scientists and yeah. he's the only fighter or or the cheerio then, general man <laughs> yes and the, the cheerio general man um but there's like cheerios and like corn puffs and checks quest i don't know if they're actually corn puffs because i don't know if corn puffs is a general mills product but there's definitely cheerios and checks and other checks in there um but a very it's a yeah very interactive commercial and you you get away i don't i don't know if it inspired me to buy more checks cereal afterwards but it certainly has always cemented checks in my mind and that's for sure like i when i think of cereal i you know, I like think of checks quest or in checks to this day kind of thing. And going away from our memories and going into the actual some of the history and background of checks quest. Oh yeah. Um, as Seth mentioned, uh, checks quest was created in 1996 and was created by a company called Digital Cafe. Um, they were a marketing firm that had developed software and websites and essentially were developing what was called new media at the time. So their whole their whole purpose was to explore things like um, like you know, making computer games and making websites and making essentially what was new media for the nineties. Um, and they had previously worked with other companies such as BMW, Domino's pizza. And they actually did some work with the television series, mystery science theater 3000, um, helping them out with different stuff. Um, General Mills commissioned them to make a product that was intended to boost the sales of check cereal. Check cereal had dropped in, in sales, um, and they also wanted to target a younger demographic, someone like Seth's age at the time. Right. General Mills pitched the idea of a horror game set in a cornfield. Oh, that's interesting. But Digital Cafe had already essentially come up with the idea of what Checks Quest was going to be. And so completely threw that idea out from General Mills. It just was like, no, 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 we're just doing our own thing. Though they, they did settle on using Doom as the, as the base um for the game because they only had six months to create the game which to digital cafe at the time sounded amazing because they thought that was like way more time than they ever needed to make a video game but they had no clue how to make video games so they were just like they're just like oh six months this is like double the time we usually get they're so excited right yeah like versus making like an ad spot or something like that. exactly six months is a lot of time for developing copy and marketing messaging so and i yeah i definitely think that six months to a marketing company or marketing agency might seem like a lot of time if since they're working in more real like day-to-day like more immediate needs yeah and and they were a small team i mean i forget the exact numbers but i think there was only about 12 or 13 members of digital cafe who were really focused on just checks quest and in general um and they only had a couple of programmers, um, one of whom was a 17-year-old child named Scott Holman, who was still in high school and was the only one familiar with the Doom Engine. So everyone else was unfamiliar with the Doom Engine, but they chose Doom Engine because it was easy to work with that they heard. Um, but no one had programmed with it before, so they heard about this kid, Scott, who lived in the same town as them, who was making maps for Doom. And they were like, all right. <laughs> they recruited him and they like would pick him up after school <laughs> and drive him to their offices and he would work on the game till like 11 30 when he had to go home 
um yeah so uh yeah so i mean they they definitely were doing kind of it was a it was a bizarre kind of group of people um who who either had no familiarity or a little familiarity like scott um in in making this this game and when it boiled down to actually testing the game they only had eight or so computers in their office so they would have to put the game on a on a, on a disc and bring it around to each computer plug it in play it see if it worked and then they're like all right good to go and they they ended up sending it to be replicated for about six million boxes of check cereal which that's i'm yeah that's and that's not a lot of qaing for uh for a distribution that wide checks cereal the, the, the so general mills actually released a um video kind of commemorating the checks quest and in checks history and they did a little docu short documentary it's on their facebook about the history of checks quest and they talked about how um one of the developers was talking about how they were just waiting for that phone call the day that they knew it was hitting store shelves where someone's like hey this game broke my computer because they they had no idea what would happen they'd right. only tested it on eight computers out of six million possibilities so they they really didn't have a strong idea of what was going to happen um but what did happen was it actually boosted check sales by over 250 percent and they they sold out and they actually had to do a redistribution of of the of the game um so they sold all six million copies um, uh, on release, which was great for checks. It was the best they've ever done. <laughs> I think have ever done. Um, and it, and it, they actually, since they were distributed in the cereal boxes, they do have the immense pleasure of being the first game that ever needed to be FDA certified. Right. Yes. And and was also the the first game that went through the serial medium. Yes. Other yes. video games have now been released through the serial box yes, medium. It's definitely not as popular as it was, but um the yes. the only one actually I do know there's definitely other ones, but I, the only two I can remember and I only remember one of these is cuz I found the CD um was it was like a monopoly game by hasbro that i think was released oh, yeah. um and then also captain crunch's crunchling adventures which was oh yes yeah it was like a virtual pet game um yes and that was released on through through this magical method of of serial yes. box distribution checks quest was so checks quest though set the standard for video games distributed through your um cereal box yes so you thought that all video games that were going to come out through cereal box were going to be amazing then captain crunch crunchling adventure <laughs> and that put the bar back to where it should be <laughs> where no you might just get junk yeah. in your cereal well, box well, we'll put it this way checks quest created what is still an active and and robust fan community that exists on the internet to this day and I just reminded Seth of Captain Crunch's Crunchling Adventures. So, <laughs> so I'm gonna go watch some YouTube videos real quick. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna dedicate an entire episode to Captain Crunch Crunchling Adventures. Honestly, if we could do one on Chex Quest, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> um, so do we? Do you have any more history on? Well, the, so the just text? just as a quick thing with 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 Chex Quest is that they actually did release a sequel very close to the release of the first game. It was released for free on their website. So at the end of Chex Quest, I think you get a message from yeah, you get a message. From, I'm looking at a photo of him. Uh, you get a message from the Chex Warrior, and he's giving you a thumbs up, and it says, "I'll be seeing you at www.chexquest.com." And if you went to that back then, there was a, a free download for Chex Quest 2, which was another set of five maps. Um, this time, the Flemloids, as they're called, the aliens, have invaded Earth, or Chex Serial Land. Um, it was essentially Doom 2, but five levels long. <laughs> um, and then in 2008, Charles Jacobi and Scott Holman uh, decided to release Chex Quest 3, which they um, made independent of of uh of digital cafe has since dissolved so they uh released it on their own time and um i've i have played through it it is fun it's definitely a bit more advanced than what checks quest was able to do since the doom engine has since evolved 
Um, but I think you can still find it online. It comes with a uh, um, a modified version of a Doom source port so that you can easily run it on almost any modern computer without having to like boot up a DOS emulator. Right. The ChexQuest 1 and ChexQuest 2 do require DOS box or some. Yeah, so the, the original the original versions of those do, yes. Um, ChexQuest 3, though, does come with one and two as as episodes as you would similar to doom um so like episode one is checks quest one episode two is checks quest two and then the third episode is this new one perhaps we will um perhaps we'll play through it sometime on our uh live stream or something and show videos of us in case if people are uh, interested in watching us play checks quest uh so to talk about how checks quest was actually like what the game was about so we, we, we touched a little bit about it with you being a Chex warrior who has to stop these creatures known as Flemoids uh, from destroying uh, a planet called Bazoik's facilities. Uh, very much ga- names that would be made up by children, I, I would feel, like Flemoid and Bazoik. Um, and in order, because... They were releasing to an audience that was children because they were putting these into uh, cereal boxes for ideally for children. Uh, Checks, I mean, Checks is a plain cereal that adults can eat too. Uh, it's not like Lucky Charms or something, but which is why they have to put a video game in there to buy it for you. <laughs> um, but uh, so, but because of that, they they didn't want to have any weapons that were violent in the game. So you used weapons called zorchers which would send the flemoids back to their own dimension and so flemoids was were kind of like green slime of like a booger consistency and they would roll up with like elephant trunks and long arms and attack you um that was the standard unit there were also little guys that float around in pods with uh, glass oh, uh, yeah, encasing yeah. them with te- like uh, metallic arms that were kind of that would float around and attack you. And then they also had a version. I think they were wearing armor. Yeah. Yeah. There was an armored version and then like a big wall. Yeah. The, the final and- boss is like. It's just a big wall. <laughs> yeah, it's just a big wall. And you zap them. You zap them with various weapons. And they uh, they go back towards... They, like, flash out of existence, going back to their own dimension. Uh, um, so you, you, get, you get equipped with uh, a few weapons. Uh, you, your base weapon is a, a, a boot spoon, which is kind of like your fist. And you have to stab people over and over again with this uh, spoon. Then you can eventually get an upgrade to that, which is the Super Boot Spork, which was a like a automatic spinning spork that uh, was like pump like fed pump fed, and it was like it, sp- it spun and it was very much acted like the chainsaw. Um, there was the uh, the mini Zorcher, which looked like a uh, like a remote control and acted like a pistol. The large Zorcher which was a like a bigger remote control that had like a like almost like an ammo clip that came out uh that was like a shotgun the what i remember about that one though is it never looked like he was like grabbing another clip when he was reloading it it looked like he was just like taking it out and then putting it back in <laughs> yeah because he, yeah, he had to like you just shake the hit the maybe blew on the cartridge or something um then there was the uh the rapid zorcher which was a like a chain gun this one was i think my favorite weapon uh you grasped it on the left and the right hand together and you held it forward like an old like huge gamepad um and there was like a, a like a spitting thing in the middle that like chained out and would uh kill the or not kill them send them back to their own dimension there was a uh zorch propulsor which was the RPG, which uh, shot um, concentrated blasts that would hurt you if you got too close. Uh, the phasing zorcher, or uh, a plasma cannon that looked like uh, a video camera to me and Zach, uh, Zach and I, that shot like a stream of bullets. And then finally, the LAZ device, which stood for Large Area Zorcher. 
which was equivalent to the BFG 9000. And it shot out a single blast that like went off like a small little nuke of zorching power. Uh, while the game also had a very similar UI to Doom, where you had your health on one side, you had your shield on the other side, you could collect up to three keys. And as you got damaged, you got slimed instead of blood appearing. So as you got more and more damaged, you're you got more and more covered in slime until the, eventually you were not you couldn't even see the guy's face because he was all covered in uh, slime. Uh, do you want to go over the uh, the different levels that there were? Yeah, so there were five different levels. Um, the the first level, as Seth mentioned, was called the landing zone. Um, it, it's um, pretty much the equivalent to what you could call E one M one of Doom. Um, you know, you arrive in this kind of big open area. You go through some doors. You start zapping some flemloids um it kind of gives you an idea of what this whole planet bazoic area is like you know um there's all these different like storage units that you can go into and there's there's more spaceships like parked in them and you can find some secrets um you can find uh the rapid zorcher in one of the locations um so you can get that early and kind of you know pump up your uh your your arsenal as you would um the second level was storage facility it was um these tall stacks of boxes and stuff that you had to kind of navigate through and then there was a lot of um there was uh like different teleports and stuff that you had to take to get to different parts of the facility there um the one thing i remember about storage facility is that there's a secret if you jump from an elevator onto you and you couldn't jump because it was doom but you if you like ran fast enough and you fell off an elevator onto one of these storage boxes there was a secret room hidden behind a wall panel and inside of this room was photos of the entire digital cafe staff and the oh yeah and the large area orchard sitting right in the middle um and that was you know that was a cool little thing to see these people um and, uh, uh, right after that is laboratory which was as the name applies a laboratory um uh, the, the the this level kind of stood out to me because it was um had some like really weird like set pieces and stuff like that um there was like this weird like like it looked like a hot tub in the middle of like one of these like science lab areas and also i had this not really maze but this one area where the lighting was really dark um and it looks it looks yeah, it's creepy, and it looks better when you're playing it on a modern um, source port of Doom, like like Z Doom or something like that. But if you're playing it on the original DOS version, it was like near pitch black because the lighting wasn't great, so it was like terrifying. Especially when I think there's I think there's uh, funloids in that area. Yeah, yeah, there and are. They, so they it's attack, like, they, and you hear they they have this weird. Uh, I can't. I don't know if I can like, replicate. It's like a scream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After that is the Arboretum, which is uh, kind of this cool area. So the Arboretum, the original design for it was, you know, kind of clunky looking in the original Chex Quest design, to be honest. But in, in Chex Quest 3, um, Charles Jacobi actually redesigned the Arboretum to be a bit more aesthetically pleasing. He added these like glass panels to the actual greenhouse area as opposed to just like walls because <laughs> you know a greenhouse should have windows but uh the one the the cool thing about the arboretum is that it um has a little maze right at the end which used to bother me a lot as a kid because the the map in the game would be disabled only in the maze so even if you had a full area map it wouldn't work in the maze and then that leads right into the caverns of bazoik which are deep under the ground of the planet of bazoik um, and you go through these rivers of phlegm, I guess you could say, like the green slime. Yeah. There's way more phlegmoids. Uh, yeah, you tread, th- you tread through uh, rivers of phlegmoids. Yeah, pretty much, essentially. Um, and then you come across the the big wall of phlegm, which is the, the, the phlegm, phlegmoid boss, um, which I guess is like the equivalent of the, the icon of sin in Doom 2. It's just this big wall that you have to kill. The, then the aren't the um, some of the people trapped there yeah, in that so final zone? The, so there are people who are taken captive, apparently, in the game. I don't actually remember being told this in the storyline, but there were people taken captive and they're hiding behind that wall of phlegm that's where they're captured and so the one thing i remember 
is that one of them is a Cheerio man who has a hole, you know, he has a hole where his stomach would be, and I could always shoot one of the Zorchers directly through him and just get a hole in one every time. <laughs> and that's, I used to just sit there for a while just being like, hole in one, hole in one. Which, you know, thinking about that, if I was captured and then, like, you know, finally freed, and then someone just took pot shots around me <laughs> until they saved me, I'd be a little, I'd be a little frustrated. Yeah, and then once you beat it, the the credits roll and it plays this little uh, outro video, which wasn't as cool as the intro video. It's not like a CG thing. It's like still frames that like stretch and skew as they transition. But that's where uh, the the that's where the the Chex warrior saves the people and they get back in his ship and they fly away. Though I think if I remember correctly, there's still flemoids on the planet when he flies away. So he did not do a good job saving the planet <laughs> he, he just like don't, don't they wave goodbye they do wave goodbye they're like yeah bye the bye yeah. um and then and Chex... he says it's it, then he says he'll 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 be back yeah he says we haven't seen the last of the flemoids and then the uh credit yeah, music plays. he didn't kill them all the first time yeah because he did bad and yeah and that's those are the five stage uh one thing that um i actually wrote down here in these notes but um the music of the game i really like the music it's at least when we were playing it, it was on... Um, I don't know if we had like a sound blaster or what. It was not a great sound card, I don't think. Um, but it was this like smooth jazz, like MIDI music that would play. Mm, yeah. Which was so much different than Doom. Where Doom is like all heavy metal and like hardcore music. And this is just like, you know, it's relaxing. It's smooth jazz. It's like half the time you feel like you're in an elevator <laughs> when you're playing Chex Quest. Yeah, it's definitely... I definitely feel like they found some like elevator very elevator type music that they just played through the entire game and it, it is just a kind of a relaxing uh game the the flemoids are they do they're there we will get that sound in there it is kind of terrifying especially when you're a child yes and all of a sudden you're getting besieged by these things spraying green goop at you because that's how they attacked you they would spray green goop at you from their nose and their hands right and like in doom for all tubes and like in doom you have a little picture of your guy at the bottom of the screen in the status bar yeah. um and he wouldn't get bloodied up because you know blood doesn't exist in chex quest land but I, he would get slimed that. up yeah yeah that was always cool yeah i, I mentioned that earlier I'm, in this podcast. I'm just saying if you just listen to this podcast you would be able to hear me talking about that yeah no the overall chex quest i think is a if, if you're a fan of like classic doom classic shooters even if you don't have a memory of Chex Quest, it might be worth just grabbing Chex Quest Three and playing through a little bit of it because it's it's a goofy, fun game oh, in my opinion. All of it, yeah. It's, I think it's free too. Isn't it, it is free, so I don't know where exactly. I think that. I think you can find it just if you Google like Chex Quest Three, you should find a download of it. Yeah, there's a couple of downloads popping up. Yeah, so. just Google Chex Quest Three. Don't click on anything that's sketchy. Yeah, and get yourself a copy of Chex Quest Three. You can actually find it on the um, website um moddb or moddb.com moddatabase.com um which contains a whole bunch of like uh total conversions and, and mods and stuff for doom and other games but they have all chex quest 3 on there and chex quest 3 does run on modern systems it does so chex quest 3 um uh, i think i mentioned this earlier comes with a modified version of what's called z doom which is a modern source port of doom um that is um 100 compatible with modern at at the time of this recording 100% compatible with modern computers right. so who right. knows if someone tw- 200 years down the line is listening to this podcast and suddenly they can't get it to work because <laughs> windows 400 doesn't run sorry z do you know sorry. They, they could they could take it up with us yeah they the can complaint department yeah the um, multimedia enterprise that we'll have <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i think that's it for checks quest um there are checks there are sequels to checks quest maybe we'll come back and talk about the sequels maybe we'll just play them on our live stream and you will see us play uh checks quest or we'll put it up as a video in case you don't want to check our live stream because we stream randomly um so let's move on to some stuff that's uh, coming out or is uh in early access uh, so this is our our byway pass segment where we talk about games that are coming out or we're excited about. Um, we're gonna we're gonna stick with games that are in early access. So once you listen to this episode, you can just go on right over to the store and pass on it with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, Zach, what are you looking 
for uh, forward to to buying, waiting, or passing on. Yeah. So the game that I was interested in, and I might, um, I'm still deciding. On, on, on maybe by the end of my little spiel on it, I'll decide if it's a buy, wait, or pass for me. Um, but it's a game called Wrath Aeon of Ruin, or Aeon of Ruin, A E O N. Aeon. Aeon of Ruin. Um, Aeon. It's developed by a company called Killpixel, and it's actually being published by 3D Realms, who we've mentioned before. They were the company that created such classics as Duke Nukem and um, some other games that were... Did, did they do Bulletstorm? I think they might have done Bulletstorm, or at least they published Bulletstorm. Um, I know they did mm. Shadow Warrior. That was their, that was their kind of big Oh, game. yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Oh no, Gearbox I think did Bulletstorm. Oh right, right, right. Thing. Someone will, someone will correct us. Uh, anyway, yeah. Wrath, um, Ion of Ruin is a um, first-person shooter, going with the theme of first-person shooters, that um, is built in the Quake One Tech engine. So it is built completely from the same engine that the first Quake was built in, um, and it looks awesome i mean it 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 is is an early access so they're still working on it but the initial release came out in november of 2019 um um and it is really impressive looking for just being a quake one essentially game um at least built in the quake one engine um uh, but what is cool though is that from some of the early reviews and such i've seen of it um they really did their their time making sure this game kind of kept the not only aesthetics of of quake games and the games of that time period of that later later part of the 90s but also um they 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 really went all out and they made sure that it works like one of those games too where one of the um one of the reviewers i was watching actually got the game to run on a older computer system like a windows 95 computer running a voodoo 2 graphics card from the 90s got the game to run 100 percent perfect that's you know that's cool that's um really cool. so and apparently they did the people who developed the game actually did test it on voodoo to graphics cards to make sure that it would work um so if you still have a windows 98 computer or windows 95 computer with a voodoo 2 graphics card you can pick up wrath um i think i am gonna buy it i don't know if i'm gonna buy it right like right now but um i, I i'm definitely i'm definitely considering buying it um very soon um and when i do i'll probably actually stream it um either on our classic gaming brothers channel or my own versus channel as we're calling it uh which we'll we'll talk about more of those uh, those channels later uh-huh. so seth uh seth what do you what have you uh what are you looking forward to buy waiting or passing on so uh so there's a, a game that's called uh subnautica uh which is a released game it takes place under the water and you uh essentially perhaps even subnautica you underwater oh. right yeah, yeah. so you you take place uh, you're in this uh you're in a like a spaceship it crashes into a water planet like everybody's dead you're like an escape pod that's not a spoiler that's the start of the game and you have to go out and survive and essentially figure out what's going on and try to gather elements and it's it adds a, it's a crafting game overall, uh, very similar to games like um, Rust. I would say The Forest, but The Forest is also a horror game. Um, but more like uh, Rust, Ark, uh, games where you're like building things and all that. Um, so uh, there's there is a now a sequel that's called Below Zero, which is an early access. And it uh, takes place, so you're now in freezing underwater adventures, and it's a a year after the original Subnautica, and you have to survive a disaster at an alien research station and craft tools, scavenge for supplies, and kind of get figure out the next chapter in the story of Subnautica. So it's an open-world survival crafting game, um, where you're trying to build stuff and uh the developer is a very small development team uh it's called um unknown worlds entertainment and they are also the publisher so i'm not sure exactly how many people are on his or their team um but i know it's a small team and the way that the game takes place is it's just a, a 
retake on the Subnautica world, which I like. Um, very positive. The only issue that I personally have with Subnautica is it would be a great game to play with somebody else at the same time. And you can't. Um, they're both single player. It is a fun like single player experience, um, but definitely is a game that I um, would enjoy playing with somebody else at the same time with. Um, I'm going to put this out as a wait, though. Um, I haven't gotten as far as I would like in Subnautica to go through and play the next chapter. Uh, and it's also, right now, 1999. Subnautica is like $29.99. So you're looking at like 50 bucks for both of them. I don't think that's a bad uh, deal. I just, I just don't know if... I don't know. I my personal opinion is that I would check out Subnautica. Subnautica is a great game. Um, I'm very excited about playing um, Below Zero, but with it being still being in development, and I haven't beaten Subnautica, I think it's going to be a wait for me until I get a little farther along with Subnautica. And so that's that's this that episode. It is. It is. That done. is it. That is that. We did it. We did it. We, we 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 are done. We made it through. Seth, if people if people want to reach out to us, if they if people want to send us, you know, positive messaging, just oh, big old big old thumbs up the whole time. We didn't. You Only, didn't like the hate mail. No. Oh, I did like the hate mail. I thought it was great hate mail. Um, but if people if people want to just send up some send us some thumbs up. Um, how can they get in touch with us? Well, we have our, to contact us, we, we have our email address, which is classicgamingbrothers at gmail.com. You can also cruise on over to the Classic Gaming Brother website, which is classicgamingbrothers.com, and go to the feedback form, and you can fill out the feedback form, and that feedback form will send an email for you to us so that we will read it. So you would still also have to give us your email, and it's just like writing an email, except you can do it on a like a public library without logging into any that's right email accounts <laughs> I, the form exists the uh the only feedback we've gotten through that form so far has been spam but <laughs> it's there for everybody to use um or you could send us an email directly um we check our emails pretty regularly uh you can also hit us up on facebook instagram twitter uh our Instagram and Facebook are uh, at Classic Gaming Brothers, and our Twitter is at CG Brothers Pod. And all of those we we manage pretty regularly. We check in, uh, give us a like. You can send us a message. You can also post things, share things, tag us and stuff. We try to comment on as much as we can. And uh, but in order to be part of the giveaway prize that we run. 24 7 here and on this channel you have to send us an email at classicgamingbrothers at gmail.com then we will give you the chance of winning a prize and if for example you want to support us by by sharing us or 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 ringing any bells like on youtube or anything All the bells. or going to our store and purchasing any of our products which you don't have to do but you know that's cool um those are all great ways to support us uh we definitely like it if you share us if you follow us if you ring bells ring all the bells um do anything that you can to promote us um you know tell three of your friends tell three of your friends who will tell three of their friends just three just three just three that's right that's three. And if you want to tell people to listen to us, you can tell us that they can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, on any of the available podcasting applications that we know exist. If there's one yep. that, say your friend listens to some really obscure podcasting application that we've never heard of before, you can write us a message and say, hey, Zach and Seth, you're not on this app. You keep saying you're on everything, but you're not on this one. You guess what? We're going to get on that one just for you. Or at least we're going to try our darndest. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will. We'll, we'll definitely do that. And it, um, if you can't get enough of Classic Gaming Brothers, um, there's more. There, there's uh-oh, <laughs> there's more. <laughs> Wait, there's more. more. Uh, you can now find us on Twitch, which is uh, Twitch.tv/slash Classic Gaming Brothers. Um, yes. We've been doing some live streams. We've also been posting some of those live streams directly to our YouTube, which is also Classic Gaming Brothers. Um, so far, we've done a live stream of some classic Sega games. Um, we've done some. We've done a little bit of Warcraft. Uh, Seth and I yes. are still trying to decide what we want to do. The next one, maybe we'll do Chex Quest. I, you know, <laughs> maybe we'll do Chex Quest. Uh, we 
We do have a uh, Zach has converted his Twitch account to a versus Classic Gaming Brothers so that we can do multiplayer. So you can watch, you can picture and picture us and watch us play the uh, game against each other and see who's better. And maybe even we can place bets. It'd be great. We can run like an entirely uh, like a sporting. Yeah, game. I think it's legal here. <laughs> it's legal in Rhode Island. <laughs> um, but yeah, so and and you can find my channel, which I'll we'll tweet about whenever we're live. We're gonna we're gonna send out a tweet with uh, if it's a multiplayer game, we'll do both channels. But my channel is twitch.tv slash vs versus classic gaming brothers and you'll know it's me because you'll see a picture of uh me being sad on the as the offline screen uh, so yeah those are the ways that you can uh you can support us and and as always we we love any form of support that you can send uh, us uh our way as yes we we and we wait i mean at the end of the day we we like making this content uh for your listening years and for ours and so we we always appreciate uh a feedback in order to get to a, um, a higher better quality as we produce this uh podcast we like to make sure that uh, we're putting the best product forward for your listening years and that's kind of the thing that we like to do so if you always if there's issues just let us know where we try to um, incorporate the we try to fix things as soon as we can sometimes our stuff is all pre-recorded so it does take a little while but yeah but we it. we do appreciate any feedback you know if you want to give us critiques on on you know seth and i are talking too fast we're talking too slow we're talking too loud we're talking too soft let us know and we'll we'll try to address those or we'll do our best to 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 address those in a, in a future episode um that being said there is a one last thing that i need everyone who is listening to remember it's don't play games like my brother and don't play games like my brother i've been zach and i've been seth and we've been the classic gaming brothers that's right i'm the flamloid i don't know